0: Hi, you're listening to Apparently Not, the parenting podcast that tells it as it is, not as it apparently should be. I'm Angela.
1: And I'm Amy. And this week we're discussing breastfeeding, or at least the the start of the journey to breastfeeding. It's one of those things that seems so natural and easy that dogs and cows and pigs, they all do it without a fuss, so it should be just as easy for humans, right? I mean, you hear about lactation consultants and pumps and nipple cards and, you know, all sorts of holds, football holds, cradle holds. Surely these are all just being really precious and complete nonsense. Well, apparently not. Before we get into that, let's start with a win and a fail this week. Angela?
0: Wow, I've been thinking about this, Um, and I think I sort of have a win. So, I, as you know, Amy, I am a little bit of an introvert. So, as we know, introverts prefer to decline social, you know, social activities. We like it when plans get cancelled. So... I've been thinking because I'm such an you know, introvert, I haven't really, haven't really put myself out there to meet a lot of other mums. So I thought to myself, it, it would be good to meet some other mums. I've sort of lined up a week where I was meeting with different mums sort of throughout the week, and I thought, oh my god, by the end of the week, um, I would be just exhausted and, and you know, just really, really tired and really drained. But it's actually been really good. It's been, yeah, it's been really nice, you know, meeting other women and meeting babies and just talking about, I guess, just all the sort of regular things that that mums talk about. Did you find a lot of things in common with them? Yeah, yeah. And you know what? People are actually really nice when, you, when you're, when you you know. <laughs> surprise, surprise. surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, people are really nice. And, you know, you think it's very difficult. And I suppose it is still very difficult to make friends as adults, you know. It's just not the same as when you're younger and you're in uni or you're in school. It's just a lot harder to to, to make new friends as an adult. But I think as mom, we sort of get another get a new opportunity to make you know another another type and another group of friends so I I think that was a win Yeah, Yeah, so
1: I was happy I completely agree I think you know motherhood does give you this really cool new opportunity Mm. to find a new common ground with people that's right and especially if they kind of going through or have just gone through the same stage as yeah, you in motherhood really bonds there is you. so much yeah bonds there's just so much to talk about and and you know like these little tiny things that nobody else would understand
0: mm. but other mothers would exactly exactly so it's great it's like you have the secret language yeah, yeah. and mums are nice you know you know mums are not going to yeah. be me mums <laughs> are just universally nice so that Aww. that was that was my win. what about you
1: Oh, fantastic. Well, um, so my win, well, yes, I am going to, to, to chalk this week up um, as a win. It's not really my win. Uh, my husband today, for the first time without my help, was able to put our baby girl to bed. Yay. All by himself. I mean, uh, you know, credit where credit is due. He did a good job, although she was very, very tired. <laughs> i think she would have fallen asleep standing up but i'll still give him the credit um and and you know as a result i can be here talking to you so i think that's a pretty I think big that's win. a win that's a win for for everyone yeah for sure Yeah. <laughs> Well, I like how easy we go on ourselves. Uh, <laughs> on that, on that positive note, shall we dive in to talk about how we started the journey of breastfeeding?
0: Absolutely. I think we both went into breastfeeding thinking that it would be this very natural, this very effortless thing, and we both found out that that necessarily wasn't, you know, necessarily the case. Why do you think we were both so naive about breastfeeding?
1: Well, I don't know about you, but for me, you know, before I became a mother, my ideas of breastfeeding um, were, you know, this image of, of... a, a dog being able to to breastfeed a litter of puppies that were you know just born and still blind and somehow finding its way to the to the to the mama dog's nipples and and just suckling their, you know suckling their way in. And, and, and dogs and, and, Amy,
0: I love that you've you referenced dogs. Have you referenced pigs? I feel like you reference pigs. Yes, and dogs. pigs too. Pigs too, cows, <laughs> you know, any mammals,
1: just, just name them. And and their babies and their mothers just know exactly what to do from from day dot. You mm. know, no teaching, no nothing, n- no learning required. In fact, you know, those baby animals are still probably blind at that stage. And, and I don't know what it is, but they, they can find their way to, to that allocated nipple, <laughs> allotted <laughs> nipple and, and just, you know themselves so i thought look how hard could it possibly be um and then and then that was reinforced when we went to prenatal class where the midwife spoke about a lot of different things that could go wrong you know how to take care of of the baby but when it came to breastfeeding um i mean first she obviously emphasized just how good breastfeeding was for the baby and, Mm. and for the mother and then, you know, she described how a lot of babies, as soon as they were born, you know, on that initial skin-on-skin contact, um, when they're placed on your chest, they, they're they able to just find the nipple and start latching. That's yeah. right, yeah. And so so in my head, I thought, okay, that that's not going to be a problem. Maybe there might be supply issues. Maybe, you know, it could be something else. But I, I did not think that it would ever be an issue to... um. To, to to get the baby to latch, and yeah. I was proven wrong. But tell me, tell me how? What did you think about breastfeeding before before Gabby was born?
0: Well, I think I was in the same boat as you, Amy. I I don't necessarily think it was it was any expectations from birthing class, but I think just sort of in society, maybe through movies, maybe just. I don't know, maybe just existing in a society where we we sort of value breastfeeding, we value sort of doing things the the, the you know, air quotes natural way. I mm. always thought that natural equated to easy and I knew yes. I knew that there would be problems, but I always assumed, you know how you always assume, oh, you know, that those are things that happen to other people. That's not going to happen to me. So I yeah, I was very surprised that I had issues I think the first few days I was quite stunned about about having issues latching about having issues with supply about having you know a jaundice baby it, it was just you know all a big surprise hang on hang on me. slow down T-
1: tell tell me a bit more in detail so what, what exactly did happen after Gabby was born
0: so when Gabby was born I I I think I put her straight on the boob but she was exhausted so she just didn't really latch and then we were ushered up to our, to our to the ward and to our bed and because we'd been up all night uh, giving birth it was the daytime and we just wanted to sleep so we sort of spent the first day sort of sleeping and then I would put her on the boob but she was so tiny if you if you think back Amy as to to how small they were when they were born yes, I know. Their, Oh, their, their heads are not even half the the size of my boob. So <laughs> her tiny little head was dwarfed by my gigantic boob. And that that was one of the other things because I, you know, was lucky enough to always have, you know, let, what's what's the word? Uh, a g- generous generous size bosoms. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I always assumed that the size correlated to the the supply or the performance. Um but it does not. <laughs> It does not at all. Apparently not, huh? Apparently not, no. So yes, I struggled with milk coming in and I had um, prepared, I had done some antenatal expressing, which is where you squeeze your nipples when you're pregnant to express colostrum and you store these in syringes and you save that for when baby is born. So I started using my supply on my own and the midwives were telling me, oh no, no, you don't need to do that. Your milk will come in, your milk will come in. Um, but yeah, no, it, it really didn't. Um so so yeah, it was a bit of a difficult start. What about what about you, Amy?
1: I actually echo all of that. I mean, um, you know, same with you. On that initial skin on skin contact, there was no search for the nipple whatsoever. There wasn't i don't think it even entered her mind. She was screaming. I think she you know, uh, was still a bit in shock from that traumatic experience of being born. Mm. Um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, n- no no latching whatsoever. And then throughout the next 24 hours in hospital, um, she was still really struggling to latch. On one side, she would sometimes latch, but it, it brought me a lot of pain. You know, mm. I think maybe it was just the way that she was latching, the angle, whatever it is. Um, the... I, it was my right nipple that started to bleed, and you know we had to put like a nipple shield on it, and that that didn't help any at all either. And then on the other side, she just completely failed to latch. So um, the midwife started to um, you know help me hand express um, into a syringe because the concern was that if we gave it to her in a bottle. There might be nipple-teat confusion. So, so we would feed her through a syringe and it would take ages, you mm. know, just one drop at a time, if you can imagine. Um, and, and, you know, the, the entire process of first expressing into a syringe and then feeding her, mm. it was a huge struggle. Uh, and that continued just in th- throughout my entire stay in the hospital, which is about two days. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, I was starting to get really worried that she was being under underfed. The midwife told us not to worry because babies are born with a reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, hearing that, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just continue. I'll persevere, um, continue with these syringes. And hopefully m- my milk comes in and also that she'll she'll learn to latch. And yeah, that that didn't quite happen. And then jaundice set in. And I hear that, you know, Gabby got jaundice too. I mean, you know, two out of two, that's uh, pretty common. But at the time, I I didn't know it was so common. Are you able to maybe like describe jaundice a bit better than me? What what exactly is it?
0: Um, Wow. Jaundice is where the baby looks yellow. So, you know, you see these little yellow babies with little yellow conjunctiva, the whites of their eyes are yellow. And it's because of what well, the most common, the most common reason and what we both experienced was breastfeeding jaundice. So what happens is babies are born with a lot of red blood circulating in their bodies. And more so if you choose to do delayed cord clamping, so all of that blood, you know, gets squeezed out of the placenta cord and into the baby so baby has a lot of red blood cells and when these red blood cells break down they make a product called bilirubin and that's what causes jaundice this 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 product Um, generally when you have bilirubin the body's liver breaks it down and when baby was in mummy's tummy your liver would be breaking down bilirubin for the baby but you know baby's brand new baby's got a brand new liver it's not you know baby's not very experienced in breaking down the bilirubin so it's not as efficient so this product just um, sort of gathers and it's expressed through the skin and through the color of the skin. Um, How breastfeeding plays into it is because we know that dehydration makes jaundice a lot worse and it makes jaundice a lot more obvious um right. and when when babies have a lot of this product in their bodies they become sleepier so they don't feed as much and they get dehydrated so it becomes this cycle and also, because baby's gut is not as mature, it's not sort of, you know, functioning as effectively as an adult gut. And maybe the meconium or the first, you know, that black sticky poo um, is maybe that's a bit delayed. And generally, that's another way that, you know, we can Eliminate the um the bilirubin the byproduct. So for all of these reasons, it's common for baby to get jaundice, especially if mum's milk doesn't come in, you know, quickly in the right. first couple of days. Um, so I know that Layla's jaundice was was actually quite bad, and you needed yeah. to go back to the hospital. So can you tell tell us a little bit about what happened there? Sure. I mean, you know, what what you just described there, like, I, I wish
1: I knew, but as a completely brand new mother, right, you mm. know, things like sleepiness or not feeding enough, there's, not, there's no kind of point of reference. So you're not Absolutely. really sure, okay, is, is she just you know, sleepy as a normal baby would be? Or is she more sleepy than another than a normal baby? You know, is she really being underfed? Or is she feeding per normal? Like, it's, it's really hard to judge. And so I guess we didn't really know there was an issue until um, our checkup, which was scheduled for day three. So we went back. We, we went to the pediatrician, which was actually at the hospital as well, and um and the and the pediatrician sent her for a test for bilirubin levels, and it came back saying, um that you know it was high enough that she needed to um, stay in hospital for a night of phototherapy. And I just absolutely freaked out. Mm. I mean, you know, <laughs> you've just you've just gone through nine months of pregnancy. Finally, you have your baby in your hands. Mm. You brought her home, and then you're told, "No, no, no." You know, you've done such a crappy job that we're gonna take her oh, away from you. I mean, that, at least that's that how way. you feel. Mm. Yeah, it was just completely. Um, it, it was terribly traumatic. In hindsight, I mean, now knowing all these things about jaundice and how common it is, but also about how, um, you know, uh, low risk and, and, and effective phototherapy is, which it was. You know, after a night, she looked like a brand new baby. She looked so much less yellow <laughs> and she was feeding a lot better. Um, in hindsight, you know, it it wasn't all that big of a deal. But yes, at the time, it was really really scary did did gabby have to go back to the hospital or how did how did you no. deal with this well
0: i was look, I'm, I'm gonna be honest i was a very bad patient um <laughs> i was one of those mothers that doctors you know that, that doctors hate patients, right? absolutely <laughs> they um they told us we needed to present to the the midwife told us we needed to present to the emergency department and i we'd been in hospital for sort of i think four or five days at that point i just could not I just couldn't do it. I was so exhausted and I was just sick of being in the hospital. So I said, no. Nope. <laughs> I said, No, I, I, refused to go to emergency so we we did the blood test um yeah and, and luckily it was okay however the the issue with gabby was she lost a lot of weight so she was born at 3.2 kilos and i think she was 2.7 kilos when they weighed her so that was a little bit a little bit too much weight um yeah. and it was mostly because you know my milk hadn't come in and when they're sucking on the boob sometimes it's Difficult to tell if they're getting Mm. any milk out at all because what happens Mm. is they suck and they suck and they suck and they get so exhausted, poor things, that they fall asleep. And you think, oh, well, obviously she's had enough because she's fallen asleep. But really, what might have happened is she's just sucked herself to exhaustion and she fallen asleep so I I you know I I felt so bad um and I sort of bored my eyes out to the midwife and I said I'm a doctor how could I have let this happen to my baby but, but you know it's it's just oh, I think it was just the perfect storm of, of the jaundice and not having enough milk and you you know right, right. exactly yeah. you know it's you, I mean, obviously you know all the theory,
1: but it's it's hard it, until you actually experience it, right? You know it's it's hard to know what to expect and and how it's meant to play out. And yeah, it it's it's gosh, those few days, those first few days is just uh, complete, as you say. Um, mm. Storm of emotions and and you're exhausted and and this is kind of just the last thing you need and it's the one thing that you kind of expected would be easy. Mm. You knew that you know you would get little sleep. You knew that like the babies will cry a lot and there's all these new things you're gonna have to learn. But you mm. yeah I I never thought that um that breastfeeding was gonna be an issue from day one and um and and you know it was at that point when when uh, layla had to go back to the hospital mm. it, you know i realized well you know i'd been underfeeding her um due to this pressure of you know using a syringe to avoid uh nibble tea confusion you know and and i was like N- no more of this i'm just i'm going to feed her however so that she is fed and mm. and so i started supplementing with formula and gosh, that was the best decision. Because as soon as we started feeding her formula, she went from about 12, 15 mils of um, colostrum through a syringe mm. to 60 mils she from a bottle starving. straight away. She was, the poor little thing was starving. And, you know, I'm so glad I made that decision because from there on, she just, she started to thrive like the, the jaundice was no like she was like a different baby. Mm. And, um, and I think that, took so much pressure off me, um, you know, of having to kind of squeeze out that 12 mils of colostrum. Mm. I, I started like uh, just using an electric pump and I was just, you know, whatever comes out, comes out, you yeah. know, I, I, and I no, no longer had to do it so that she could be fed. Mm. And, and, and very soon my milk came through. So, yeah. yeah, so I think it all turned out well, but very traumatic.
0: Yeah. And you just get so, yeah, that's right. And you get so fixated on just, you know, trying to keep it all breast milk and, you know, trying to do it on breast milk alone. I don't know if it's because, did you feel like there was a lot of pressure to stick to just breast milk? Absolutely. Look, you know, I don't want to
1: um, make it seem like that the professionals were had any kind of malicious intent absolutely not they always mm-hmm. have the babies and the mother's best interest at heart but um there's just so much material out there about just how good breast milk is that's right almost to the exclusion of all or or else mm. and I think that's kind of the messaging that you're given um, before you become a mother you know while you're pregnant but also once the baby is born, mm-hmm. I think they try so very hard to um mm. to establish that you know breastfeeding yes. from the from the start that um that i think you just kind of naturally make the assumption that i i have to do it this one way yes. and not any other way
0: because it's sort of the first thing that you do for the baby and you always Mm. want, you know, you want to do the best thing. And it's the first thing that you're able to give this baby. So obviously you want to give her the, the very best, but, you know, maybe breastfeeding is plan A. And for some people, you can't do plan A and, and plan B is, is formula. Um, and I think we both, we both had to use formula in those early days and essentially it saved us. So it really yes. is. Yeah. It really is this wonderful thing. It's,
1: I mean, yes, you know, you call it plan B, but I just, I, you know, I think that the, the, the point to make is it's not any, it's, it's not a um, inferior choice. You know, mm. if you have to go for it, go for it. Um absolutely. I I you know, I know many <laughs> great, you know, intelligent, strong, healthy adults who were fed formula from from day one. So,
0: That's right. That's right. So keep
1: that in mind, you know, if you if you can't give your babies uh breastfed milk from day one or even at all, it's not mm-hmm. going to have Terrible long-term impacts on the Oh, bee. goodness.
0: No, that's right. And we, we, we both believe in fed is best, don't we? Yeah. Absolutely. And and you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. I think when you, sometimes when you think about making choices for your, your baby, you're picking between A and B and you think to yourself, is this going to have a lasting impact 10 years from now? And I really don't think either of us could walk into a playground and pick out the child that was breastfed and pick out the child that was formula fed. <laughs> could we? So absolutely no, not. not at all. No, no, no. And yeah, you're
1: completely right. And, you know, also, I think the other thing was, um, yes, I started supplementing with formula, but my milk did come in. And Mm. then I was able to breastfeed my baby. I mean, we can go into this in a bit more in another episode. It took me quite a while to finally um, get the the connectivity issue, shall I say, (laughs) Mm. sorted Mm. where she would finally latch. Um, So it meant I had to pump for quite a while. But, you know, I I was able to breastfeed my baby. So just because, you know, maybe here and there you might need to supplement with formula also doesn't mean it's a mutually exclusive choice. You can you can do one, the other or a bit
0: of both. I think that's probably the best advice, the best advice I've heard. It's not just one path. Isn't that right? There's, there's sort of lots mm. of different, there's lots of different options and you can do a little bit of both and it's still all going to turn out okay. So, exactly, yeah. Exactly. And, and and guess what? You know, um, I
1: switched to formula in a bottle and after a few months I was able to latch so there wasn't any of that um, nipple teat confusion that I was so very worried about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, what I've learned is just because that things didn't go exactly the way that the midwife had told me or that, you know, what I'd learned from from prenatal class or even, you know, that all those books that I'd read while I was pregnant, it didn't mean that I or the baby was doing anything wrong. It it was just that it didn't go the way that some other mothers and babies went Um, and And I I wish in hindsight I'd spoken to more mothers about their real, you know, their experiences. Mm. Because since becoming a mother and since going through all these struggles, I have spoken to a number of mothers. And they all told me about their own struggles um, in different ways. You know, some had latching problems like me. Some had supply problems. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, you know, it really did not necessarily... Um, it, w- it wasn't necessarily that, that breastfeeding was this effortless, easy thing that I had thought it was. So, yeah, um what do you think you know what what what
0: did you learn out of this experience so for me I found that acceptance was the most important thing. Acceptance is key um, because I'm I'm such a type A control freak. Everything has to be done perfectly. And it was very difficult for me at first to just accept the, the amount of time that I was going to have to spend breastfeeding this baby. Um, you know, I'd, I'd spend a lot of time sitting on the couch and just looking around at all the things in the house that needed to be done. Um, and I would just feel really bad that I wasn't that you know, I wasn't doing those things, and that I was stuck here. Um, but once I sort of accepted that, you know, sitting on the couch and feeding the baby, that was a very important part of parenting. It was a very important part of being a mother that I was actually feeding my baby. It oh, just, it Angela! Just made... You know, yeah. once she
1: grows up, <laughs> you're gonna miss those times where she just sat silently oh, in your
0: lap and
1: you were able absolutely. to just rocker
0: yeah look look i i miss i miss that already now she's sort of kicking around getting distracted but yeah look those 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 hours spent feeding the baby i actually look back on that with a lot of fondness whereas at the time i i sort of struggled to to sit there and just let everything else go so what i'm trying to say is just accept that the experience is going to be what it is and just really um just really try to enjoy it, um, yeah. because it doesn't yeah. last. It doesn't last forever. Oh, I yeah, uh,
1: echo that, Angela. You know, I think mothers just put too much pressure on themselves. Um, there's so much guilt around not doing things, quote unquote, the perfect way. You know, I think we're mm-hmm. we're just being to- told too much how we're meant to do things, as if there's just this one way of one right way of doing things mm. that um, you know any kind of deviation and we feel guilt and we feel mm. like we're not doing um, the best we can for our baby so That's right. as you say acceptance is key you know accept that things could go wrong well actually let me edit mm. that accept that things may not go how you expected it would exactly. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going wrong it's just going the way it is and Mm. you and your baby can deal with it and you know the 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 most important thing is yeah acceptance
0: self-acceptance um don't put so much pressure on on yourself don't don't compare yourself to other mothers i think that yeah i think there's always a lot of comparison isn't there and that's not necessarily the best i think
1: you can draw from other mothers you know experiences Mm. As points of reference, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you hear their struggles, you can take some comfort in the fact that you know <laughs> other people are struggling too. But yes, um, do not do not use those as comparisons or as you know, like this shiny example of how things are meant to go, because. That's- Every every mother and every baby have their own struggles. That's, That's yeah. absolutely
0: right. So there is still a lot about breastfeeding that we really want to delve into. But I think we're going to wrap it up for today. And next time, we're going to be talking more about the practicalities of breastfeeding.
1: I have so much more to tell you guys about my breastfeeding journey. The highs, the lows, a lot of lows, actually, you know. Uh, <laughs> The planes, way to go the to sell that ducks. oh goodness that I, I i i do have a lot of tips to share about pumping as well because i had to go exclusively pumping for about two months oh, so, oh, i'm interested in hearing that so so much more to share so please you know tune in and uh, yeah and hear us out
0: And that's all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you had a good time. And remember, no one really knows what they're doing. We're all figuring it out as we go along. And that's okay.
1: Apparently Not was made by us, Angela and Amy, from our living rooms after our babies have gone to sleep. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave us a comment, or email us. You can find our email address in our show notes. We would really love to hear from you. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye. The content of this podcast reflects our personal experiences and opinions only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical or legal advice.
0: If you have any concerns about you or your baby's health, please seek professional medical advice from a qualified healthcare provider.